Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning, and welcome to worship here at the Salem Baptist Church. We invite you to stand as we begin our worship experience, and we are so thankful that you all have joined to worship with us this morning, whether here in the sanctuary or those connected virtually. Our scripture for this morning comes out of 1 Peter, the second chapter, verses 4 through 5 and verse 9. It reads as follows, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And verse 9 reads as this, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen? Let us pray together. Lord God, we thank you for another day, another opportunity to worship your holy and most majestic name. We offer our voices up to you this morning, not only today, but our weeks, our lives. We ask that you be blessed, and everything we say and everything we do be truly music to your ears. We pray all this in the matchless, in the most blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Family, we're going to ask you to continue to stand as this is a very special Sunday. This is Graduate Recognition Sunday. Amen. And so we'll ask you to stand as we honor our graduates of 2023. together one more time. Amen. Even as you are seated, we praise God on today that we have the privilege to share one of the two ordinances that the Lord has left the church. The ordinance of baptism, it is a rite and ritual of the church where we are able to celebrate those who have given their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a symbolic act of 
submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ, those who've trusted him as Lord and Savior, as they are immersed, it is symbolic of their dying to the old, being reborn in new life in Jesus Christ. Come on, let's praise the Lord for those who've given their life to the Lord. Let's go down. Let's go In obedience to Jesus Christ, the great head of the church, and on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ, the great head of the church, and on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord on today for those who have been baptized in the presence of God and the saints of all the ages. We're going to move forward and worship at this time and ask our music and fine arts ministry to lead us further in worship. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. Can you stand to your feet this morning and let's give our God a great big praise in the sanctuary for I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord for the God that we serve. We declare that he is great and mighty. Come on, put your hands together. Simple song. Great and mighty is he. Great and mighty is he. Clothed in glory, arrayed in splendor. Great and mighty is he. Great and mighty is he. Great and mighty is he. Clothed in glory, arrayed in splendor. Great and mighty is he. Everybody say, come on. Great and mighty is he. Come on, great and mighty. Great and mighty is he. We say, clothed in glory. Clothed in glory, arrayed in splendor. Great and mighty. Great and mighty is he. We say, great and mighty. Great and mighty is he. Come on, great and mighty. Great and mighty is he. We say, clothed in glory. Clothed in glory, arrayed in splendor. Great and 
Great and mighty. Great and mighty is he. Come on, let's lift the church. Great and mighty is he. We say golden glory. Golden glory, glory and splendor. Great and mighty is he. Great and mighty is he. Great and mighty is he. Come on, great and mighty is he. Great and mighty is he. We say golden glory. Golden glory, glory and splendor. Great and mighty is he. Let's say it again. Come on, great and mighty. Great and mighty is he. Great and mighty. Great and mighty is he. Say golden glory. Great and splendor. Great and mighty is he. One more time. Say great and mighty. Great and mighty is he. Is the king of kings. Great and mighty is he. We say golden glory. Great and glory. Great and splendor. Great and mighty is he. Let us live his name. Let us live his name on high. Celebrate and praise. For he has redeemed our lives. And he reigns on high. Let us lift his name on high. Celebrate and praise. For he has redeemed our lives. And he reigns on high. Come on, great and mighty. Come on, great and mighty. Great and mighty is he. We say, Glory, 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 and splendor. Come on, great and mighty, great and mighty is he. We say great and mighty, great and mighty is he. We say golden glory, golden glory, glory and splendor. Great and mighty is he. Great and mighty is he. We say great and mighty, great and mighty is he. We say golden glory, golden glory, glory and splendor. Prince of Peace, Great and Mighty, 
we say? Come on, y'all. Your name is above all names. Your words evil all our praise, Lord. Mighty are the works of your hand, Lord. Mighty are the works of your hand, Lord. Your name is above all names, Lord. Of your hand, Lord. Mighty are the works of your hand. Mighty are the works of your hand, Lord. Mighty are the works of your hand. Mighty are the works of your hand, Lord. Mighty are the works of your Creator hand. Creator of heaven and earth, mighty are the works of your hand. Keeper of our souls, mighty are. Mighty are the works of your hand. We say, mighty. Works of your hand, Lord. Come on, we say, Great and mighty, Lord. Great and mighty, Lord. You won't ever find nobody like Jesus, no. Say, Great and mighty. Strong deliverer, strong deliverer, strong deliverer, strong deliverer, my strong tower, 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 what it really means to you. Come on, can't nobody do it for you. Come on, you got to do it for yourself. Come on, testify what it means to you. Come on. Come on, he's the greatest. Come on, we know him to be a healer. Come on, we know him to be a strong tower. Come on, you're a healer, yes. My strong tower. to the moment in time where we 
corporately go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> we want to remember those who are in leadership in our country and several areas of our country, uh, both nationally or nationally, uh, on the state level and on the local level. They need the Lord's wisdom and guidance. And the Word of God declares in 1 Timothy chapter 2 that we are to pray for them even when we do not agree with them. Amen. So we need to lift those in prayer. Again, those who are hospitalized, Sister Pauline Smith, Brother Lawrence Wellington, those who request our prayers, Mother Juanita Cross, Sister Asia Hardy, the granddaughter of Sister Linda McClenney, Sister Doris Langford, the mother of Brother Deacon Ernest Langford, Langford, sorry, Sister Danita Webb, Brother Cree Devereaux, Brother Arvell Dunlap, Brother Willie Willis Fairley in Atlanta, Georgia, Brother Ernest Langford Sr., Father Deacon Ernest Langford, Dr. D.J. Moore, Brother David Prince, Brother James Smith, the father of Virginia Davis, Brother Ronnie Tolles. For those who are bereaved who are part of our church family, Brother James and Sister Donette Reese Danner in the loss of his mother, Glenda Faulkner. And funeral services will be on Monday 26th, the 26th from Good Shepherd Funeral Home. Brother Larry and Sister Felicia Russell in the loss of her uncle, James Otis Lockett. The funeral services will be on Saturday, July 1st. And Brother Larry and Sister Felicia Russell in the loss of her uncle, Julius MacArthur Coleman. Uh, the funeral service will be on June 30th. We want to remember them in our prayers and know and be reassured that the Lord does hear and answer prayer. Amen. There are those whose names have that have not been called who are in need of our prayers as well. And so whoever it is, maybe someone in your family, on your job, in your circle of influence that's in need of prayer, now is the time to lift them to the Lord in prayer. We're going to ask Deacon Fryston to lead us at this time to the throne of grace.
Adam's redeemer. Lord, I thank you for being the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Lord, I thank you for going to a hill called Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for I am able to stand before you, Lord, and call on your holy name. For I know for myself, Lord, that you are still on that main line and that all I have to do is call. Now, Lord, I pray this morning that you would bless Salem. Put your hedge of protection around us, Lord. Well, Lord, please bless our pastor. Bless his family, Lord. Lord, bless our youth pastor. Bless his family, Lord. Lord, I pray this morning that you would bless those who are serving you and serving our country through various places and positions. Lord, please bless our community. For we need you, Lord. We need you. Oh, Lord, I'm calling on you for we have those that are sick. We have those that are requesting prayer. Those who are hospitalized and in long-term care facilities, Lord. I want to pray this morning for Mother Juanita Cross. I want to pray this morning for Brother Lawrence Wallington. Uh, I want to pray this morning for Sister Barbara Lampkin, Lord. Lord, please bless the Langford family. I can go on and on, Lord, for you know them. And you know all about us this morning. I'm calling on you, Lord, for we need you. For I believe that you are true and that we can depend on your word this morning. So I'm giving to you this morning. I'm giving you all of our burdens this morning. And uh, I'm giving you all of our problems, Lord. I'm giving you all of our sickness and all of our illnesses, Lord. Oh, Lord, uh, walk on around here this morning. <laughs> Look down upon us with mercy, Lord. <laughs> For I know that you are able to heal. You can do what no other God can do. <laughs> For you specialize in healing the sick. <laughs> oh, Lord, I pray that you would bring back to us <laughs> joy and peace. Bring back to us, Lord, the salvation that is needed, Lord. Bless, Lord, in a way that comes from you and only you, Lord. And Lord, uh, as I go my way this morning, I pray that uh, as the sun rises and as the sun sets, that you will keep your eyes upon us, Lord. Hold us in your hand, Lord. Be with us, Lord. 
for we know that you are merciful and that you are a caring God, Lord. Bless us in a way that comes from you and you on high. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Even as you're seated, let's praise the Lord today for the power and privilege of prayer. Amen. We praise God once again for those who were baptized on today and gave their lives to the Lord. Amen. We praise the Lord that he is yet adding to the church. Amen. Again, we want to thank all who are visiting with us in worship on today, those who are our guests in worship on today. We're going to ask all who are visiting with us, those who are guests in worship on today, we're going to ask you to stand at this time. We're not going to ask you to say or do anything. We just want you to stand so that we can recognize you and say to each and every one of you how blessed we are to have you in our midst on today. We praise God for each and every one of you. and We pray and plead that this would not be your last time worshiping with us here at the Salem Baptist Church of Omaha, Nebraska. You have made our day an even greater and more blessed day by your presence with us in worship. We praise God that we have those who are with us from Ur Urban Plunge, uh, the together, those who are together in Christ, is that the Together in Christ Church? We're just a group together in Christ. We're gonna ask you all to stand from Sioux Center, Iowa. Amen. Amen. We thank you for coming to share with us in worship. You may be seated. We praise God for each of you on today. Amen. Again, we ask that you would please remember all of your weekly opportunities for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship. We praise God. We had a wonderful Father's Day on last weekend. Pastor C.L. Backus. Amen. Preached us crazy on last week. Uh, the National Baptist Congress of the National Baptist Convention USA Incorporated met in Louisville, Kentucky on this past week. And so you had Baptists from all across the world, National Baptists from all across the world, who met in Louisville. And uh, Pastor Backus, Pastor C.L. Backus, Dr. Backus, Daddy Backus, Grand Pastor Backus, uh, preached on Wednesday night in the general session and again he preached like a mad man amen and we praise God for him the wonderful wonderful uh, gift that the Lord has placed in him and I'm hopeful that every father had a wonderful Father's Day I had a wonderful Father's Day my son again uh, Selwyn bought me the big, big piece of chicken and cash apped me some money I didn't even know it worked that way you know what I mean? I didn't even know that money could come in the cash app. I didn't even know it. Praise God, it works both ways. Sister Vine. Then my youngest son, he, he, Brother Hutchinson, he bought me a watch. Now, I know he's watching, so son, I told them you bought me a watch. All right? I told them. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so we praise God. And then Selwyn is here with us in worship today all the way from New York City. Amen. 
Okay, stand up, son, so they can see that you're still eating, that you're not starving. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Again, to our graduates on today, let's praise God for them. We're going to honor them individually at the end of worship, but we praise God for them on today. Please remember that on next Sunday we will begin our Christian casual covered casual Sundays coming up through the month of August. And uh, again, as well, those who are going to participate in Vacation Bible School, we need you to be in place, volunteers in place uh, for Vacation Bible School. As I said, if you want another star in your crown, please volunteer to be a part of Vacation Bible School. We have some, normally some 200 young people who are part of that, and what a blessing it would be for you to sow into the lives of those young people. Now, I missed it on last week. Sister Johnson, Sister Johnson, happy birthday. I was late, I was late. Happy birthday. I got it right, right? Now, you told me I couldn't tell you how many years, but happy birthday. I won't say how many years, 21 plus some, amen, amen. Again, we are so grateful for our graduates on today. Uh, Salem, it is giving time. The Lord owns everything. Some wonder why the Lord asked for time. The Bible clearly teaches that he owns everything. If this is true, why does the Lord need our resources and money? To answer this question, let's take a moment to look at scripture. Psalm 24 verses one and two says this, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Because the Lord owns everything, he has the right to whatever he wants, whenever he wants it. That, of course, is reasonable. The Lord exercises this prerogative and privilege in the first and last phrases of Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 22 and 23, where he gives instructions not only what to do, but why we are to do it. It says this, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. The entire concept of tithing hinges on the bedrock that the Lord does indeed own everything. Your stewardship of what he blesses you with acknowledges that he's sovereign. We first encountered this concept at the very beginning of creation in the form of a tree. The Lord called it the tree of knowledge of good and evil in Genesis chapter 2 verse 17. Adam and Eve were placed in the garden to take care of it. The tree served as a vivid reminder that the garden was not theirs. The tree's purpose was to daily demonstrate to them the difference between possession and ownership. 
course, we know that Adam and Eve violated their instructions and paid a dreadful price for their disobedience and rebellion. And yet, like the tree, tithing establishes a reminder of the Lord's ownership. For each believer in Jesus Christ, tithing should serve as an outward expression of an internal commitment to the Lord. Now, is the Lord's purpose for tithing just to remind us that he owns it all and to elicit reverence? No. The last phrase of Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 29, divulges the Lord's deeper purpose for tithing when it says this, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. As you prepare to give on today, repeat this in your heart. Today, Lord, I recognize that you own everything and the tithe belongs to you. I gladly honor you as I offer the tithe back to you in faith that you will do precisely what you promised to do and that is to bless me in all the work of my hand. Amen. Amen. For those who are in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church and those who are our ministry partners all across the country, uh, this is your opportunity to give. You can mail your tithe here to the church, 3131 Lake Street. You can give uh, Monday through Friday, the, uh, just outside the administrative offices. You can give through our website. You can PayPal, Givelify, Venmo, and you can text to give. And for those who are in the sanctuary of the Salem Church on this morning, as you exit worship, there will be persons in place to receive your tithe and your offering. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed and good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed and good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. Very quickly, there are two things, two other things I want to remind you of. On this Wednesday, we'll be having corporate prayer led by our deacons ministry. Uh, the constant contact, the email with the information will be coming out this week. As well, uh, we will have a communion on the second Sunday of July uh, because of the holidays so close to the weekend. So again, that's uh, our communion will be on the second Sunday of July. For those who are a part of Youth Church, you may be released at this time. Uh, minister Whitaker is waiting on you to minister to your hearts and to your spirits. Come on, put your hands together as we prepare to move forward in worship.
ask you to stand now in reverence to the word of God. I told you a few weeks ago we were going to return to this book for a couple of weeks, so turn to the Old Testament book of Ezra, Ezra chapter 1. chapter 1, verses 2 through 6. The word of God reads, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among you of all his people. May his God be with him. and Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, Build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. Whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the free will offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Then the heads of the fathers houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites, with all whose spirits God had moved, arose to go up and build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And all those who were around them encouraged them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with precious things, besides all that was willingly Offered. May you be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject. The Lord's providing power. The Lord's providing power. When close attention is paid to most walks of life, life lessons, many times spiritual life lessons, can be gleaned garnered and gathered that reminds you of the character and content of the Lord's nature as it relates to his people. It's very interesting that at many times millions of people observe those spiritual life lessons and disregard or discount them as significant happenings without being aware of their great spiritual impact and impression. They miss the spiritual implications. A good example is the application of, his, of an exciting moment in the College World Series right here in Omaha, Nebraska, that if noted correctly, for believers in Jesus Christ, has weighty spiritual implications concerning the Lord's ability, willingness, and Power to provide for his people. The event that underscores the principle of the Lord's providing power occurred on Thursday, June 22nd during a win-or-go-home game involving the Tigers of Louisiana State University and the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. 
game was dominated by the pitching prowess of two of college baseball's most prominent and promising pitchers. The normal nine innings of baseball could not confine or contain the actions betweens, between these two teams. For that reason, they went into what is called extra innings. And in the 11th inning, Tommy White of LSU hit a home run into the left field seat to propel the Tigers into the championship series at Charles Schwab Field in downtown Omaha, Nebraska. You see, the spiritual lessons that can be learned about the Lord's provision are there if you are mindful of them. Think about the spiritual elements that are evident. Beginning with this, the Lord's provision may not arrive in the limited con confines of predetermined time constraints. They went to extra innings. His provision sometimes come, comes from unexpected sources. The fellow who hit the home run was not the star player. The Lord's provision is not predetermined by the predictions of others. Wake Forest had not lost back-to-back -back baseball games all year and seemed to be the favorites. And as well, his provision may not arrive on your timetable, and yet it is always on time, in time, even in the 11th inning of life. And here, just as we have noted the special spiritual lessons learned from a College World Series baseball game, we once again extract inspiration from Ezra as we observe the Lord's providing power. Many of those who had been captive in Babylon were preparing to experience liberation and new life. It had come by the power of the Lord and the permission of King Cyrus. They were preparing to make their way back to Jerusalem, and yet, even with the Lord's power and the king's permission, there was an element that must be in place. They needed provision. They needed supplies. They needed resources. They needed the elements and essentials necessary to make the journey and complete their task. Now, before we address the Lord's provision of supply in Ezra chapter 1, we have to take into account the Lord's proven performance and pattern of providing for his people. It was a recorded, reiterated, and repeated recurring refrain in the lives of the children of Israel. So much so that there are those who have spent time studying and scrutinizing the amazing events in Ezra as the Lord's people ventured from Babylon to Jerusalem 
they have designated and described this here in Ezra chapter 1 as the second exodus. Now to understand this, a quick rehearsal of the contents and conditions of the Lord's people in the biblical text and narrative is necessary. Remember, preceding Ezra chapter 1's deliverance, They've been captive in Babylonian exile. Now the Lord has designated an earthly leader, King Cyrus, to make possible their liberation and release from captivity. And they're preparing to journey to Jerusalem, the capital city of Israel, which is the promised land. And at that moment, as I said earlier, they need supplies, resources, and the necessities to make the journey. And this could be clearly designated as the second exodus because of the similarities and semblances it recalls to the children of Israel's initial exodus from bondage uh, from Egyptian slavery. Remember in, uh, Israel's initial bondage and captivity. Bible tells us, if you spend a little time looking, that the 12 sons of Jacob, Jacob whose name was changed to Israel, had taken up residence in Egypt because of a famine in their homeland of Canaan. One of the sons of Israel, Joseph, found favor in the eyes of the king of Egypt and rose to second in power in the land. Because of the blessing of the Lord, their population began to increase exponentially. But unfortunately, there arose a king of Egypt that was not familiar with the favor that Joseph's leadership brought upon Egypt. That same king became paranoid about the increasing population of the children of Israel. He was afraid of and anxiety stricken by the possibility that the children of Israel would conspire with some outside force to overthrow, overthrow the kingdom of Egypt. And as a result, he enslaves the children of Israel. And while enslaved, they cried out to the Lord. The Lord heard and heeded their cry and sent a deliverer and liberator by the name of Moses. And being direct, directed by the Lord, Moses approaches and appeals to the king of Egypt to free the children of Israel from oppression and subjugation. The king's heart, the Bible says, was hardened. King initially did not comprehend the origin of the message of letting these people go. You see, the origin was not from the lips of Moses. The origin of this command was from the mouth of God. Realizing that the king of Egypt would not respond to the Lord's commands, the Lord decides to display his control, his authority, and his power, and he inflicts and imposes ten cataclysmic, crushing, and crippling plagues on Egypt. 
And after experiencing the last of those plagues, the death of the firstborns of Egypt, the king of Egypt pressed and pleaded with Moses to gather the children of Israel and get out of town as soon as possible. Please, the king of Egypt appealed to Moses, get these people, get ghost, and get gone. Now, many of us remember this portion of the Exodus experience. We remember the miraculous deliverance of the children of Israel through the Red Sea on dry ground with the king of Egypt's horses, chariots, and soldiers being consumed by the waters of the Red Sea. And yet, there's a somewhat minute detail that is sometimes overlooked that points us to the power and preeminence of the Lord's providing in Exodus chapter 3, verses 20 through 22, the Lord says this. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders which I will do in its midst. And after that, the king will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty but everyone shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. There in Exodus chapter 3, verses 20 through 22, the Lord promises provision for his people through the very people and nation that had enslaved and oppressed them. Now over in Exodus chapter 12, verses 31 through 36, in the midst of the king of Egypt expelling them from his country, we see the fulfillment of the promise of provision under unusual circumstances. Listen to the text. It says, Then he called for Moses, the king called for Moses and Aaron by night, and says, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. Now you have to look at how the Lord worked. The very people that had enslaved the children of Israel had to turn around 
and finance and fund their departure from Egypt to the promised land. <clears throat> Family of God, that's one of the things that I love about the Lord. He's able to provide through unusual, unexpected, unforeseen, and unanticipated sources and resources. Have you ever watched him do it? The very people who told you they would never do anything for you in life. The Lord turns it around. And the very people who said they wouldn't do a thing for you, the Lord ends up using them to bless you in the long run. I spoke about the similarities of provision in uh, this uh, second exodus in Ezra chapter 1 with the provision of the first exodus in Exodus chapter 12. Because listen again to Ezra chapter 1 verses 2 through 6. It reiterates in this second exodus that the Lord has providing I know I read it earlier, but I need you to listen to it again. Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God which is in Jerusalem. And whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the free will offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Then the heads of the fathers of the houses of Judah and Benjamin and the priests uh, and the Levites with all the uh, whose spirits God had moved arose to go up and build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. And all those who are around them encouraged them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock and with precious things besides all that was willingly once again, you ought to take a look at how the Lord works. Those who had been in Babylonian captivity were seeking to do what those who had been in Egyptian bondage had done, and that was to make their way back to the land of promise. They were now on their way back to the land of Israel, and specifically for them the city of Jerusalem and the southern kingdom of Judah. And just as the Lord provided in Exodus chapter 12 for those who had been in Egyptian bondage, he provided in Ezra chapter 1 for those who had been in Babylonian captivity. And I wonder if there's anyone who can testify by way of a resounding and rhetorical question, won't the Lord do it? Won't the Lord do it? Won't the Lord 
Won't he provide the supply, the resources, and the necessities for the next chapter and verse of your life? Well, I know someone is asking a timely, to the point, and reasonable question in your mind and in your spirit right now, and that is this. Pastor, Pastor, Reverend, why did you have to give us such an in-depth history lesson about the first Exodus, in Exodus chapter 12, when we're looking at what some have called the second Exodus in Ezra chapter 1? Well, because periodically we have to be reminded that the Lord's power to provide is not restricted, restrained, and reserved for the past tense. Someone needs to be reminded that the Lord's power to provide is active in the present tense and the future tense. Oh, you cannot get fixated on what the Lord has done and overlook what he is doing and what he is going to do. Oh, I want to tell you, child of God, he will provide what you need. He has the power to provide. And that's what the Lord displayed in Ezra chapter 1. He wants to remind you if he's done it before. Child of God, if he's provided before, trust and believe he's able to do it again. That's all I've been trying to tell you all this time. Or as if, if he's done it before, he's able. Somebody ought to receive that today. He's able to do it again. Now, some of you all know how the Lord provided for me, my granny, and mud deer. You know how he provided for Grandpa, Big Daddy, and Pawpaw. You know how he answered your mother's prayer for provision and how he heard your father's plea for provision. Yeah, he heard all of that, but you need to be reminded this morning that he is still able to provide. Just as powerfully as you proclaim, yes, he did. You can profess and pronounce, yes, he will. Just like he did it before, he's able to do it again. That's all I'm trying to tell you this morning. If he's done it before, he's able to do it again. And I know sometimes, I know, I know from personal experience, sometimes it gets tough and it gets tight. Oh, but just like he did it before, he's able to provide again. I know sometimes you're living from paycheck to paycheck. Oh, there's more month than money, more bills than banknotes. Collectors are calling and the repo man is hiding just around the corner. But be reminded, the Lord is still able to provide. He's done it before and he's able to do it again. 
The Lord can and will and does provide what we need every day of our lives. Remember, he knows what you need, how much you need, and exactly when you need it. Oh, and that's why you should do like I do every day that the Lord gives me breath. Oh, yes, part of my prayer life is that I pray what we call the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and I put special emphasis and special importance on that phrase that says, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, Lord, provide the supply that I need today. Oh, yes, and listen, if you need to pray that, if you pray that, you need to pray to the Lord, Lord, if you are faithful as I believe you are, just like you provided on yesterday, you're going to provide on today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Oh, child of God, all I'm trying to tell you is that if he's done it before, he's able to do it again. Listen, you ought to praise God for his providing power. And some of us ought to have a testimony this Sunday morning that the Lord has provided and trust that he will and is able to do it again. Oh, yes. And somebody ought to be able to testify that he does not just provide financial resources, that he doesn't just provide tangible possessions and physical prosperity and property. Listen, he's able to provide in every area of your life. Whatever you need, the Lord is able to provide. Oh, yes, I love the way the Chicago, Chicago Mass Choir would say, they say, whatever you want, God's got it. Whatever you need, God's got it. Whatever you ask, just believe it according to your faith. You can receive it because eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, the good things that my God has in store. My father is rich in houses and land. He holds the world in the palm of his hand. Rubies and diamonds, silver and gold. My father has riches that are untold. No need to worry. No need to fret. Because the God that I serve has never failed me yet. There is no secret what my God can do if he's done it for others he's able to do it for you somebody ought to tell somebody today that the Lord has the power to provide and the North Carolina community choir would say it this way whatever you need it's already in God's hands love and joy peace and happiness whatever you need it's already in God's hands. The promises of God are yes and amen. He holds the world in the promise of his hands. By faith you can ask it. And by faith you will receive. Whatever you need, it's already in God's hands. And child of God, you ought to go ahead and testify that God has the power to provide 
in the palm of his hand. I'm going to leave y'all alone, but I need to know on this fourth Sunday morning in June of 2023, is there anybody who can testify that God will, I said God will, God will, he will, I said he will provide. Do I have a witness? Yes, Lord. The Bible says he is Jehovah Jireh. He is the God who will provide. Do I have a witness? If you need his presence, the Bible says he will provide. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid. For the Lord your God, he goes with you. He will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He'll be present with you every day of your life. If you need him to provide your provide love in your life, remember Romans 8, 37 through 39 says this, yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is uh, in Christ Jesus. Uh, do I have a witness? Uh, yes, Lord. Uh, if you need peace, uh, he's able to provide. Uh, Psalm 29 uh, verse 11 says, uh, The Lord uh, will give strength to his people. The Lord uh, will bless his people uh, with peace. Uh, is there anybody here who needs his peace. Yes, Lord. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, uh, but in everything, uh, by prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving, uh, let your requests uh, be made known to God. Uh, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding uh, will guard your hearts and your minds uh, through Christ Jesus. Uh, do I have a witness? The Lord is able to provide. Uh, and if you need joy, I want to remind you uh, Psalm 30 verse 4 and 5 uh, says sing praises uh, 
to the Lord uh, and give thanks uh, at the remembrance uh, of his holy name. Uh, for his anger is for a moment. Uh, his favor is for life. Uh, weeping, I said weeping, uh, weeping, I said weeping, uh, weeping uh, may endure for a night. Help me preach this thing. But joy, I said joy, oh joy is going to come in the morning. Is there anybody here? I'm trying to leave it alone. But is there anybody here? I'm trying to leave it alone. Is there anybody here who knows he will give you joy? He'll give you joy. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Deacon Fairley, I'm trying to leave it alone. I said, I'm trying to leave it alone. But somebody can testify that he's able to provide you joy when everything around you is falling apart. Friends and family turn their back on you. There's a joy that the world didn't give and the world can't take away this joy, this joy, this joy, this joy, this joy, this joy, this joy that I have. The world didn't give it. The world didn't give it. The world didn't give it. Thank you. The world can't take it away. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. I said hallelujah, I said hallelujah. I'm trying to leave it alone, but somebody can testify that he is a provider, that he is a provider, that he is Jehovah Jireh, that he is a provider. Do I have a witness that he is a provider? I'm gonna let y'all go on home, but my good friend, Dr. Vernon Walton, used to sing this song talking about how the Lord is a provider. He say every time 
I turn around. The Lord keeps on blessing me every time I turn around. He keeps on blessing me every time I turn around. He keeps on providing for me every time I turn around. He keeps on supplying for me. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Y'all ought to turn around with me one time. Every time I turn around, he keeps on, keeps on. church open even as you stand all across the sanctuary the Lord is a provider. He has provided what all of us need most importantly in Jesus Christ. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us in our place, in our stead, on our behalf on Calvary's cross. The Bible says, yes, he did die. But on the third day, he was raised with all power in his hand. 
And understand Romans 10 reminds us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we extend this invitation. If you're here in the sanctuary, take a step of faith. Come forward. Give your life to the Lord. Become a part of the Lord's church here at the Salem Baptist Church. Or if you're watching or listening, you can give us a call at 402-455-1000, option three. The Lord's invitation is extended. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? even as you're seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord is yet adding to the church. My dear sister comes on her Christian experience and my brother comes as a candidate for baptism. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We want to let you know, my sister, and I want to let you know, my brother, we, you are an answer to our prayers. We've been praying that the Lord would send persons our way to help us build an even greater church in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you are an answer to that prayer. I want you to know all of these folk here, we are part of your family, and you are a part of ours. My brother, I want to stand with you. I want to let you know something. You have made the best decision in your life right now. You've made the best decision of your life right now. I want to put you on notice. There's going to be some folk who try to talk you away from it. Listen, the devil is waiting in the parking lot. But you, let me tell you something. The devil's job is that he is a liar. What he's going to try to tell you is just a lie to try to keep you from a relationship with the Lord. I want you to know we stand with you. You made the best decision of your life right now, my brother. You have made the best decision 
you'll ever make by giving your life to the Lord. Come on, Salem. Let's praise God. Our deacons are going to take you out get some more information from you. All right, bro, we got you, okay? Amen. Come on, let's praise God, Salem. brings us literally and figuratively to our knees. My brother just informed me that he lost his wife and his child. My brother, we may not have endured crisis to that level. Spirit 
your spirit can minister. Your spirit can speak. We lift him to you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. children. She told me I was going to be a doctor when I was three. Amen. She called me Dr. Doolittle. Amen. And here I am, 65. It happened. Thank Amen. you, Lord. Amen. She saw it. She saw it. All right, we're in your hands. Thank you. First of all, Salem, 
I love you and thank you for being the place that we all can come to. This service touched a lot of people, but that young man coming, it was his time today, but you've been my place a long time. So thank you, Salem, for loving us. <laughs> to Pastor Bacchus, Minister Whitaker, Salem Church family guests, good morning. Again, pastors told you who I am, so I'm going to skip that part. We celebrate 21 graduates today. Ranging from the doctor's degree to high school. And of those 21, nine of them have applied for and been awarded the Salem Baptist Church Excellent Scholarship. These honorees have excelled both in colleges within the state of Nebraska and outside of the state as well. And our high schoolers in the greater metropolitan area have made us proud. Today, each honoree will receive the following keepsake, an eight by 10 group photo that will be taken after this service. So um, graduates, please stay in service for that photo with Pastor Baggins and Minister Whitaker. High school graduates will receive a student Bible with their name inscribed. Post-secondary graduate will receive a gift certificate. Each graduate will also receive a certificate signed by our pastors. And the certificate reads, presented on June 25th, 2023, in recognition of your academic accomplishments. May God continue to bless and lead you to even greater heights with the experiences and knowledge you've gained. This is the mission Salem has provided for you. I want to give a special thank you to Dr. Bryson. Dr. Patterson, Dr. Coleman, for coming to walk with the students today. Wasn't that impressive, everyone? And as Ms. Adams calls our students' names, we told you applause so we give through the entire list so they all can have your love. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Salem, Pastor Bacchus. Pastor Whitaker, it's our pleasure to present one doctoral degree, three master's degree graduates, five bachelor's degree uh, graduates, one associate degree graduate, one professional certificate, and 10 high school graduates. Will the graduates please stand quickly and come forward when your name is called and fist bump with Pastor Bacchus and Minister Whitaker. Please stand. Has graduates, come forward when your name is called. And now the presentation of the 2023 graduates of Salem Baptist Church. High School, McKaylin Buck, Central High School. McKaylin, come on up, fist bump, Pastor Bacchus, and Minister Whitaker. OPS. Aaliyah Farmer, North High School, OPS. Isaac Goodwin, Benson High School, OPS. 
Dale Green, Creighton Prep. Camille Hamilton, Northwest High School. Maya Hutcherson, Duchenne Academy. Miles Hutcherson, Brownell Talbot. Ellis Rogers, Burke High School. Natia, uh, Nia, Nia Williams, Burke High School. Natia Wilson, Central High School. Those are our high school graduates. They look good. They look good. We have one associate's degree graduate, Anaya Montague, Metropolitan Community College. Our bachelor's degree graduates, Xavier Herbert, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. I don't mean to say, but he's a Boyd Beaver. That was one of mine. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm sorry. We, I apologize. The script. Um, you can see I'm kind of wrinkled up here, and I think people know why. <laughs> uh, I apologize. A professional certificate. Tashelle Rains from the Metropolitan Community College. Bachelor's degree, Courtney Johnson, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. J. Ashley Owens. Kansas City Arts Institute. Jairus Reed, Creighton University. Christina Short, Northwest Missouri State University. These are our bachelors and our associates and bachelor's degree graduates and professional. Master's degree, Treasure Ballard, Northwest Missouri State University. Kaylin Harkey, Grand Valley State University. Kathleen Langley, Lindenwood University. And now our doctoral graduate, almost there, Brayman Virgil Adams III, Iowa State University.
and now Miss Bailey. Good afternoon, I'm Kimra M. Bailey, a retired teacher of 30 years with Omaha Public School, and I also hold a Master of Education degree from um, Dominican University. All, we see, all recipients are, wait. I am the chair of the uh, Education uh, Scholarship Subcommittee. All recipients are receiving the same amount as our scholarships are non-competitive. The scholarship committee, as well as our senior pastor and youth minister, have a strong belief that our recipients need to demonstrate the role God plays in their life and how they will contribute to raising a generation by writing two subjective essays, as well as sharing their academic transcript, character, integrity, and demonstrating how they give back to their community and school involvement. While reading through the scholarship applications, I was moved at how our 18 to 20 plus year old recipients were able to articulate how their relationship with God was evolved, has evolved, and is involved in their lives. One recipient explained her understanding of God's love like this. My personal relationship with God has expanded and changed during my first semester of college. I now know, I now understand God as a God pay. The phrase God is tells me I should have been looking at God as a verb more than a noun. And then to understand the word agape, adding that the word to my adding that word to my vocabulary changed everything. Another recipient describes her relationship with God like this. Over the years, my relationship with God continues to grow. I decided it was time to give my life to him in the year of 2016. Getting baptized was an absolute life-changing experience. After my baptism, my relationship with God grew even more stronger. Throughout my high school years, I started to understand and read my Bible more often. Because of the pandemic, I've gotten into the habit of listening to sermons and praying often. Now, in my free time, there are many times that I dedicate just to Bible study and private prayer life, prayer time in my own space. We will be rewarding nine $500 scholarships, will now be presented in alphabetical order to both high school and current college and university students. Our first recipient is Lauren Burris. If you all can come forward after I uh, call your name, it would be appreciated. Aaliyah Farmer. Isaac Goodwin. Shardell Green. Maya Hutcherson. Miles Hutcherson. Victor and Bobway, Colin Nichols, 
And last but not least, Nadia Wilson. I am sure the graduates would agree they needed and counted on the love, support, and sacrifices of their family. At this time, will the family members of our graduates and scholarship recipients please stand to receive applause as a token of appreciation from this year's graduates. Thank you. Finally, would school personnel stand to receive applause for supporting students to this point of their educational journey? Many of you are responsible for helping students find success, and we appreciate you very much. Salem Baptist Church is blessed to have many outstanding graduates who have used their God-given talent to achieve academic excellence. We pray for their continued success as they move into the next chapter of their lives through employment, higher education, serving in the military, etc. We praise God for our 2023 graduates. Thank you, Pastor Backus and Minister Whitaker. Thank you, Education Advisory Council members, office staff, culinary staff, custodians, ushers, and you, the members of Salem, for supporting and encouraging youth to reach for excellence. Families, please join honorees for refreshments in the fellowship hall after service. Thank you. You all can return to your seat. Amen. Come on, let's give them one more round of congratulations and applause. We're going to ask you to stand at this time. Amen. We praise God for all that he is doing in the life of the Salem Church and as he continues to raise a generation here at the Salem Baptist Church. Amen. The Lord is yet doing a mighty work in the life and ministry of this church. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we love you and thank you for all that, all that you've done this day for this worship experience, for this moment to highlight those who have achieved academically and move forward and commence into the next chapter of their lives. We pray, God, that we would continue to lean and depend on the fact that you have the power to provide and that you will supply for us all that we need. Lord, we're about to leave from this place, but we know we never leave from your presence. We know that you will always keep your loving arms of protection around us. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.
We're going to ask all of the graduates and I believe college, uh, the scholarship recipients 